0: Welcome to Seller's Journey, the podcast where we speak to great sales reps and leaders and share their real stories from start to sales success.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm Joseph Fung, and today we're speaking with Sherry Griffin. She's a sales director at Exonify. Sherry, thank you for joining us.
0: It's great to be here, Joseph. Thanks for asking me.
1: Uh, I'm so looking forward to the conversation. I know we spent a bit of time talking about your journey through education, sales, growth, and I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So thanks for, for being willing to share your story with us today. You bet. So first off, I know we spoke a bit about training and learning. I think that's a great way to tee things up. Some of our audience may not be familiar with Exonify Could you share an elevator pitch? What's Exonify?
0: Absolutely. Exonify is a learning platform that world-class companies use to ensure that their employee training has incredible ROI. It's an analytics engine that clearly shows what's working. It enables training that gets employees doing the right thing on demand and people love it. Yes, because it's gamified, but also because Mm. it really helps individuals succeed with just three to five minutes of training, three to five times a week.
1: That's awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Now, you also mentioned that uh, you've had a great global experience. Uh, where, where are you calling in from today?
0: So I'm in beautiful Guelph, Ontario, outside of the uh, Tech Hub where Waterloo and Kitchener and Cabern Jar. And uh, it is a, a little bit gray today, but it's still a beautiful place. I love to call home.
1: Oh, fantastic. Now, journeys uh, always have a, a starting point. Uh, and, you know, we don't need to go all the way back to the beginning, but a good starting point is, is school. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school?
0: Okay, so I, I love this question, and I'll tell you, I grew up, I was really blessed to be, grow up in a family full of love, and uh-huh. uh, we, were, uh, we were sort of a church-going family, and we were really involved in each other's lives and involved in supporting each other, and um, when it came time to start selecting schools— I was very fortunate. I had a really bright academic uh, um, run through uh, through school. So I had wonderful schools who were pitching me to come to them. I had full-ride scholarship um, offers. And as I was trying to figure out who had the cutest boys on the best football teams at these schools <laughs> that I wanted to go to, my dad interrupted important criteria. Me, yeah, very, yeah. very important yeah. criteria. Um, my dad interrupted my thoughts, came into my highly pink teenage girl uh bedroom and said to me, and looking like, I don't know, Joseph, like somebody had just run over his dog. And he said to me, honey, (laughs) I know you're on track for med school. I know that's really what you're thinking. And if that's truly what you want, I am absolutely going to support you with that. However, I feel like you might be a natural born salesperson. And I wonder if you want to consider taking a gap year or doing a business degree. Well, you know, interesting. yeah, my dad was my hero. So I wrote my end caps. I wrote my LSATs and uh, used them as a backup and took a took a gap year that allowed me to never look back and uh, take my uh, education on a daily basis in a very unconventional way.
1: I, I love it. I think that theme of education sounds like it has got a great part in your your origin story there, but also throughout your journey. That's so fascinating. Cool. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a gap year. Uh, I'm super intrigued. Yeah, I know that you spent a lot of time selling business solutions but let's take a look at that gap here uh, what what kept you busy what did you work on
0: So I actually decided that I would go work in retail and it was um, sort of to my parents horror (laughs) that I was going to go take this entry level minimum wage job. You know, if I were to say that I was very blessed and had an an abundant upbringing, I would be painting a good picture here. But I thought, no, you know what? I want to do this from the ground up. So literally, I walked into an organization. I think I don't remember what minimum wage was then, but that's what they gave me. I quickly, being a very bossy person, found myself in charge of different shifts. Before you knew it, I became... Came promoted to what they called a ham, which was the hourly assistant manager. I don't think it's illegal to call somebody hourly (laughs) as a salary now. You know, eventually got promoted to the SAM. The salary assistant manager, and before you <laughs> knew it, uh, before you knew it, I'd worked my way into the uh, upper management positions. And our record-breaking growth year, we opened 170 plus stores in that one year. So, it was not for the faint of heart, but it was a really exciting way to uh, to spend the year and to make sure that I was uh, learning as I was growing.
1: Okay, so I want to rewind for a moment. There, 170 plus stores in Damn. one year. No,
0: not recommended.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, so trial trial by fire there that's amazing now oh yeah that's one one heck of a journey i i have to ask so your your dad had come into your room said <laughs> maybe take a break take a gap year i imagine this is not at all what he envisioned What was he thinking? And how did those conversations go?
0: You know what? It was really a fascinating time in my life because as I launched into this, what what I now refer to as the starting of my career, my father became terminally ill with cancer. And um, it was a very strange thing because my dad, who worked for the Royal Bank of Canada, was an uh, executive leader there and had a phenomenal um, responsibility. He was a technology person himself. Um, So, you know, to see him start to diminish as I was starting to flourish, was a really um, fascinating time in my history. And um, as it came to closer to the end of his life, I actually had this experience where I went to my employer and said I'd like to take some type of leave so I can be with my dad and care for him in his dying days. Mm-hmm. Not that he didn't have lots of professional care around him, but that was my want. And in fact, my company said, "I'm sorry, Sherry, but you're too valuable to us. We can't lose you now. We're growing too quickly."
1: Oh, my and goodness.
0: I know, like as short-sighted as you can be, and they are oh entirely out of business today. Um, but they were in their boom years then, and they thought that that wasn't going to work. So what was fascinating was, as my dad was dying, he was able to connect me with some of his... Really, really powerful and well meaning um, colleagues, friends, uh, network, peers who really became sort of my shepherds and really became my mentors. And sort of where I lost my dad, I sort of gained some of his mentees and his mentors that took me on um, and sort of let me step into this really formidable place and helped me grow. And as my father um, finally passed away, they were the ones that supported me on um, having just walked away from my first job. And, you know, I, I truly came from a family where you didn't just quit jobs like that wasn't something you did, but they encouraged me to just walk away from something that didn't align with my values. And I'm so grateful that they taught me those lessons about staying aligned with your values early because it's been a touchstone throughout my life.
1: I'm so impressed at how positive you, you take those lessons. And I'm so sorry that you had to deal with such a difficult scenario at such a formative time. I can only imagine the stresses. I'm, my heart goes out to you. Thank you. Uh, you mentioned that some of those friends were, were shepherds, you know, were guides. Um, and you spoke about leaving that organization, uh, which you know, sounds like an absolutely correct decision. Where did that take you next, though? You know, where, where did you head after that?
0: Um, So I was able to spend my dad's dying days with him, which was a really, um, you know, in, in, in the moment, it was really arduous and very difficult. And there Mm. were lots of, uh, you know, crying out to like, why is this happening to us? And especially for a man who had, I really felt not finished you know um, he was only mm. 54 when he perished and so it was a, a really difficult time so i actually had a very dark period the first and only dark period in my life where i you know understood uh, depression was a real thing i wasn't just sort of being sucky it was actually something that was happening to me and so you know back then there wasn't a lot of talk around how depression and mental health were actual real things and that you needed to be able to take care of yourself in that way but we sort of because we had these wonderful guides it was something that they just they didn't let me suffer for um, for all of the the time and period. They didn't let me languish. And so from there, I eventually was able to um, use that break, if you will, that I was in mm-hmm. to um, move into my first uh, B2B selling career and came into a great organization called Eagles Flight. Um, they're here in Guelph, Ontario, headquartered here, but a global company love them uh, to the end of the world and back again, and really spent my formative selling years um, under their wing and really learning from Phil Geldart and all the wonderful people that are still there and some of the wonderful people that have moved on to do other great things as well.
1: That's that's fantastic. It sounds like you've had some amazing mentors and, and coaches and friends along for that journey.
0: For sure. And you know what, it's taught me that I always want to be mentoring somebody else. I always want to have a mentor. Um, you know, I, I think of my sales career as never having been done alone. You know, I've I've never spent a day without somebody to turn to, to ask a question for, or get support, or even just maybe bitch and complain about something um, so that you can get it done with and get it out of your system. But yeah, sales might look like it's a solo sport, but the real champions and winners have a whole team around them.
1: I think that's a great comment about you know what sales is actually like, and you, you had quite a journey getting into the business selling environment, you know reflecting on that that journey. What do you think has surprised you most?
0: You know what I continue to be surprised at the lack of women executive leaders in sales
1: mm mm-hmm. When when you point to that, are you thinking about selling in general? Any specific segments? I mean, you're in tech right now, and mm-hmm. women in tech is a prevalent theme. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd love to to unbox that. You know, yeah, where yeah. do you see that most?
0: You know what? It's interesting. I do feel like the tides are shifting, and I do feel like we talk an awful lot more about it today than we did 20 years ago when I started my career. But as I as I um, spent the majority of this last 20 years working with wonderful men who have been phenomenal to work with. Um, I had few sisters in the hood and what's fascinating about women and something I really stand against is that we tend to be mean to one another when it comes to competing. You know, men, mm. I think are taught competition through sport in a different kind of way. You know, women are, are um, taught competition as a threat and to eliminate it. So when I think about being, you know, a top 10 performer in my um, large sales organization, it, it, I was told I would never get to that top 10 because the 10 guys that had been on that list basically just traded spots of which number they were in, but it was the same 10 year after year. I hit that top 10 and my female peers, they didn't celebrate it. They were um, threatened by it. So so it took a lot of time for me in my career to continually look for positive female mentorship and I found it outside of the sales venue. You know, I've, I've had some incredible female leaders Exonify beautifully is owned and run by women. Um, and I've, I've had to search that out. So I, I do remain hopeful that the tides have changed and that somebody starting their career today won't have the same experience that I did. Um, but I do find it very surprising when I look back over 20 years and think, yeah, there needs to be some more chicks in the upper office here for sales.
1: So let's double down on this a little bit. You mentioned how you you always want to be mentoring. uh, And now you are in that role of leadership, you know, executive role. Have you had the opportunity to help mentor other women coming up in those selling ranks as well?
0: Um, I would say a very strange um, reality for me is that I tend to have mentees, if you will, people that I'm mentoring um, who come to me and ask me, I tend to have them be males. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's uh, it's it's not a science where I wouldn't I wouldn't mm-hmm. look for somebody. But I think that. An important thing about being a mentor is you don't go shopping around for somebody to mentor. Um, the, mm. They they come to you at some certain time. So for me, for whatever reason, for whatever lessons I need to learn, I've been able to mentor some fantastic young men. And I truly I truly will not be surprised if somebody that I've had a little bit of time and mentorship with one day is uh, running their own really growth-oriented organization.
1: So if we're all lucky, then some of the women listening to this podcast will hear that you do mentor, that you're responsive to, to requests, and that uh, you're interested in seeing more women succeed in the, the environment. So hopefully we can trigger some of those outreach and introductions for you.
0: I will take those calls.
1: <laughs> okay, you, you heard it. Um, <laughs> Sherry's LinkedIn profile will be in the uh, the comments here, so feel free to reach out. Um, but I've got a few more questions for you. So sure. uh, we'll, we'll circle back on, on the mentorship uh, item later. But uh, as we think about that, you know, that journey, You've accomplished a lot. You know, I'd love to hear as you look back on on you know, your journey so far, what are you most proud of? You know, what, what accomplishment are you most proud of?
0: Oh, I love this question. And it, you know what, here's the thing. I love that I have been able to do things that people told me, no, you can't do that. Or, or that's mm. a nice thought, but let's make it a little bit smaller. Like don't let anybody take your dreams and downsize them. I'm, I am like larger than life in every way that I possibly can be. So, um, you know, Christine, who is, who, um, is, uh, one of the co-founders of Exonify is continually saying things. I do have that Sherry special to it. And I love having that signature for me. Um, Um, But some of the stuff that I am most proud of is actually not the stuff I've done, but the stuff I'm going to do. I think salespeople have to have a future focus. And I think we're healthiest when we're thinking about what have you done for me lately or what are you doing for me next? So I am equally proud of spending time shaping and sharing with my BDR team as I am with seeing somebody who's being promoted above and beyond and moving on to other organizations to take on their VP roles, their SVP roles, and come into the C-suite as well. So I really do love my career. I really do love building. Successes. I would not want to see the end of a year where I didn't hit my target and smash it of the ballpark. Mm-hmm. But really, the stuff I'm most proud of is helping to grow other people, which in turn always has grown myself.
1: Well, you've teed up this next one. Then you already said you you loved mentoring, and you spoke again about how you you'd love to help people grow and flourish. If you were speaking to you from 10 years ago or more, as you're coaching yourself, what what advice would you give past Sherry?
0: Hmm. So, okay. So you asked for 10 years ago, but I'm going to go just a tiny bit deeper than that. Just, just a few more years than that. Um, And if I could whisper to myself 14 years ago, I would say that you're about to do the smartest thing by loving your husband with all your might. And while that might not sound like sales advice, Mm. I'm whispering to my past self. I'll tell you this. Um, I was at a point in my career a few years back, you know, hitting the top 10 list, hitting the top three list, hitting the top number one position, wonderful. I had trips, I had gifts, I had huge amounts of income, wonderful, wonderful things that I could enjoy. And I also lived a very fast life. You know, I had a territory in New York, so I was continually traveling. Um, You know, I would do Japan in a weekend, all kinds of great stuff. And I actually came to my husband and decided that um, I wanted to tell him I wanted a different path and that I was going to leave him. And he very gently, but very deliberately and consistently spent time inviting me to consider how my best life would be with him. And we've been together 24 years this year and he was more right than I could ever know. And it was his, he is the last person who you would call a salesperson, but it was his sales job of inviting me into our better life together than our decent life apart. That really would be something I would say This is what's gonna help you succeed in your sales career. This is what's gonna help you keep your values center. This is what's gonna ensure you don't face corruption. Because as I look back over my shoulder to the life that some of my colleagues have lived, I see carnage. You know, relationships that are totally lost, divorces that happen, parents that don't have relationships with their kids. You know, I have a, a horror story of a colleague who was one of the best salespeople I'd ever worked with in my life who dropped dead of a heart attack in the airport, on the way to a massive pitch, um, people who've suffered through cancer and not had their own kids come and see them before they die—like just terrible, carnage stuff. You know, affairs can happen when you live a fast and loose life, for sure. So, by being able to choose that my life was going to center around loving my husband with all my might, I didn't know it was the best decision of my life, but it certainly was, and in in more ways than I can ever measure.
1: Sherry, thank you so much for sharing so much of yourself in today's conversation. This has been wonderful. That's I've enjoyed so every minute of it. Me too. Uh, I know I promised that I wouldn't keep you too long, but can I ask a couple of quick rapid fire questions before we wrap up? Make it fast. Okay. What's your favorite <laughs> sales tool?
0: Wilson Learning's Counselor Salesperson, Three Ps.
1: Mmm, What? What's yeah. your favorite movie?
0: Forrest Gump.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. Uh, <laughs> it's like how is it best described to me? Like so many, uh, five different movies in one. Uh, I love that. Great choice. I
0: like it. I like it.
1: And when you were a kid, what did you want to grow up to be?
0: A neurosurgeon.
1: Ooh. The only one on my block. (laughs)
0: That's,
1: that's the med school thing. Uh, But now, yeah, born salesperson. This is wonderful. Sherry, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you again for, for sharing of your time and of your story. It's very much appreciated.
0: I love being here, Joseph. Thank you for inviting me.
1: I hope we speak again very soon. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day in beautiful Guelph.
0: Right back at you, brother.
1: Talk soon.